Welcome back, everyone, to your long-awaited, what, four-month hiatus from the close screening that was then a hiatus from the previous four-month hiatus. It's uh, the hiatus two, uh, electric boogaloo. Hiatus two is over. That's right, baby. We're back with a vengeance. It's over. We're back. I was grad school. I graduated with a degree in studies. Maybe that makes me a little uh, credible when it comes to talking about movies. Maybe the audience will take me serious. I'm sure they but, more than me at least because I'm a filthy casual. But grad school in film and media studies. So we had to adjust to the workload of grad school before we could hop back on. But the semester's over. And I'm about to be done with work. So I think we'll we'll probably be able to find a nice balance. And a recording so. schedule that will work for everybody. I think so. But before we start the new episode off, uh, I've seen some pretty pretty good movies that you probably haven't seen. If You, you said you've been pretty busy. Yeah, work has kind of taken over my life for the last two or three months. So, so uh, I just recently watched uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's Boogie Nights. From 1997. You're a big Mark Wahlberg fan, aren't you? Uh, I was until I found out about what he did to that Vietnamese man in Boston. Uh, now, yeah. not so much. Uh, this was back in 1997. About uh, him and his come up in the porn industry in the 70s. As a young boy. You know, uh, I've heard about this film, didn't know anything about it. I didn't think with the name Boogie Nights it'd be about you know It's about it's about, about porn, the porn business. It's it's it was pretty, pretty good. I I really like Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh next I watched The Northman yesterday. I went and saw that. How was it? I don't know. I think it definitely falls victim to the the twenty first century marketing of like Let's not actually show what this movie actually is. And let's make it everyone think it's an action movie when it's really not. So people will get their like butts and seats. Fair enough. It's more, it's a drama. I bet I definitely thought it was Robert Eggers' worst film. But I still I still I'll rate it as seven point seven. That's not on, bad if that's his worst end. film. It, no, it's still technically great. Mm. Great performances. But I don't know. Just didn't capture the magic that like the witch did. Uh oh, the dog's moving. No, that's fine. I think, I think your dog was a fan of the witch. I think she was. Rosie, do um, you like the witch? <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, I saw Doctor Strange, which I thought was woefully mid. <laughs> I've heard. I've again, heard a lot of this, mixed reviews. This one again falls victim to the. Well, let's market the crap out of this movie. And let's make fans think that's the next like Endgame or Infinity War, when it's not that at all. If you want to very... if you want to spoil, I don't think I'm gonna see it. So if you want to get into nitty gritty details, spoiler alert. I'll let you. You'll you can watch it when it's on Doctor when it's on a Disney, Disney Plus. Plus. That's why I called you like an hour before the movie because I had an extra ticket, and I was like, I know it might be tough to get here in an hour, but I got a free ticket for you. I think we had me and Emma had just sat down. I'd got her the the Lego succulents set. Mm, I think yeah. we like just sat down to make those. And like I put my phone on the couch. I was like, all right, I promise, no phone, just Legos. And then I like got up a little bit later, and I saw you had called me, and I was like, oh, there's my Legos right there. They're just out of frame. I th oh, I think uh, you can see Boba Fett. Uh, Ooh, the Lego succulents. This isn't even a succulent. This is the bonsai tree she got me. Oh, my apologies. No, it's fine. The succulents um, are in are in her bookshelf. And then I watched Everything Everywhere All at Once. I've heard so many good things about that film. Which, that's the one film I need to watch. That's my number one recommendation of the year. I'm not going to say anything about it, because it's better to just go in with... The only thing you need to know is that it's a great film. I know a little bit about it. I know and I think we'll... The best we'll multiverse film of the uh, the year. Yeah, it's better than Doctor Strange. <laughs> but that's about it on me. Anything you want to talk about before we jump into the today's topic? Uh, our, our versus match. Let me let me think. What's been happening with me? Um, 
I've been working too much. Uh, I started playing Valorant again, which has been detrimental to my mental health completely. Um, Are you done with Elden Ring? No, my game glitched, and I can't fight the Godskin duo for some reason. They just won't spawn for me. And that might be, I just haven't triggered something. But I took a break, started playing Valorant, and I haven't looked back. Uh, I think I might start streaming on Twitch again. That'll probably last Ooh. me two weeks before I get tired of it again. So, Ooh, I like the GameCube in the back, by the way. You like that? My yeah. limited edition Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness GameCube that I found out does not retail, does not resell for much more than I bought it for. Kind of disappointed. So, how much could you get for it? I think the most I ever saw on eBay was like three hundred dollars, and I think we bought it for like two hundred, two fifty. I think. I I have one right here. I only bought it for like fifty bucks. Just a black GameCube. Yeah, this one is. I think the reason I have done resells, I don't have the the game that came with it. The Pokemon. I only have I only have Pokemon Coliseum. I've been debating spending seventy bucks on Melee, but why do that when yeah. I can just play it on my PC with Slippy? But yeah, that's that's it for me. I've just been gaming, hanging out with my fiance, and working like a madman. Good. <laughs> All right. So today, you know, it's it's what May tenth. the The summer blockbusters are already starting to roll out. So I thought today we'd uh, we'd we'd tackle. Spielberg versus Cameron, two of the the kings of the the blockbuster, the popcorn cinema, the probably the two faces of American directing of the probably the twentieth century. It may it may surprise you or any of our viewers and listeners. Uh, I've seen a lot more Spielberg films than I have Cameron films. And I uh, to my audience, to our audience. If you've been a day one listener, you know that I have not been kind on Steven. Not Steven. Uh, James. James Cameron. Mr. Cameron. And I want to take this time to talk to, directly to James. If you're listening, if this somehow comes to your desk, I want to apologize. <laughs> the full walk back, huh? It's the full walk back. Because for one of my papers this, this semester, I, I tried to tackle... The the transition from film cameras, like film stocks, projection, everything, every film ever made before 1996 was made with a film camera. But then after 1996, they changed to, not everybody, but digital digital filmmaking. And without James Cameron, that probably would not have been as successful. He's a pioneer. He's an innovator. And... Even if you don't like his movies, you got to respect him for just the uh, visionary mind that he is. And actually, going back and looking at some of his movies, I said, you know what? I was too harsh. Avatar may not be my favorite movie ever, but you got to respect the man. We can get more into that because I have, when I have we some... start talking about more of the digital films he was making. I have some beef with Avatar. Uh but we'll get to that later. All right, so the way we're going to do this is we're going to look at each decade of films, and then we're going to basically match up their films from that decade, and we'll see who comes out top dog. And just a notice now, we are not just covering every single one of their films because I don't think talking about War Horse <laughs> is relevant in the blockbuster cinema conversation we're about to have. I don't. I don't even think. Well, you don't want to talk about Tindler's, the adventures. I don't of even Tintin. Think, well, Tintin's a little different, but like I don't think Schindler's List is is relevant for this conversation. All right. So with that out of the way, we'll start with we're starting with the seventies. I know. Oh, but, but Zach Chase, the close screening podcast. I hate it. Spielberg actually started directing in 1967. Yes. Shut up. We don't care about the stupid... Not stupid. We don't care about his early films. Like what? Slipstream and Amblin? Not a fan? Yeah. Never seen them. Not gonna pretend that I've seen them. Nobody watching and, this. Nobody commenting that has seen Slipstream or Amblin. Definitely haven't seen Slipstream because it says it's unfinished on IBMDB. So, so <laughs> get off our dick. We don't care about what Piranhas two or Piranhas three that James Cameron that was his first movie. <laughs> no, I like like no one, 
we're getting on tangents. No one, no one talks about like David Fincher and says, "Oh my god, I love what he did on Aliens 3. No, shut up. Anyway, all right. So, starting with the seventies, James Cameron had no films. He was not active in the seventies. So, Spielberg wins by default, technically. But we'll go into his two films from the seventies. First, in 1975, we have Jaws. Mm-hmm. Have you have you seen Jaws? I know a lot of people that have never seen this movie. Uh, I watched it on TV at the beach when it was raining one day, and I had my cousins running around. So I've seen it. I don't remember much of it. I was like uh, 12 and 13. My parents told me that it was the scariest movie they'd ever seen. So yep. anxiety spiked through the roof. I was like, this is going to be terrifying. And then I watched it, and I was like, eh. So, I think... This this movie has to be seen when you're a child, I think. I would agree. Because I remember watching this movie. I put, This movie probably should be rated R, but it's rated PG. I think in today's society, it would... Well, there's no PG-13. Yeah. Back in the 70s. I do think that this movie now, if, if you send it to the, the MPAA, it would definitely get an R rating. But I remember watching this when I was like 11. And I remember I was like, oh, shit. I, if I step in the in the beach, I'm dead. I'm done, so. And I remember even diving in the pool in the deep the deep end, and I would swim up as fast as I could, just to make sure a shark didn't come out and get me. <laughs> but like Abigail, my girlfriend, for those who don't know, she watched it when she was like 20, and it it does not hold up if you have like I think maybe developed mind in a sense. Like if it's your first viewing of the film, I would I would agree to that. I think, well, if I watched it back now, I probably would. Uh... I'm blanking. Holy shit! Sorry. Cut? <laughs> I, I Rosie's whining in the other room, and I'm just like trying to not ignore my dog, but ignore my dog a little bit. Ignore the dog. Um, but I would encourage our viewers that love Jaws to look at the production of the film. Because it's like kind of crazy. Like Spielberg refused to film on the Universal back lot that had a giant like ocean, quote unquote ocean to film on. It had to be filmed on the water. The animatronic shark they didn't like really didn't account for the the water weight that it would it would get like waterlogged mm-hmm. when they were filming with it. So they could only shoot for so long before they had to let it air dry. So they were always like PAs like getting hair dryers like drying it off like all throughout the night until they could shoot again the salt water like would rip off the paint of the shark and i'm pretty sure spielberg at one point thought that his like career directing was over because he thought it was going to be a flop but then it's now often called the first blockbuster also fun fact the blockbuster is a reference to a blockbuster bomb from the early 40s. Because, and the blockbuster bomb was a bomb that could uh, destroy an entire block. So people waiting outside the movie theater, if a blockbuster bomb fell on them, they would all die. That's how morbid. Like that, it's like that's how many people were going to no, see these uh, movies. Yeah. That's for oh my god. Ooh. But I would say this is a, cl- a classic. Everyone needs to see this film at least once. But I do understand that it's a bit dated now. It doesn't hold up as well as it uh, did back in probably even our childhood. Go watch it with a, a grain of salt. So moving on to his. Second film of the 70s, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Seen it? No. Uh, and we won't spend mu- too much time on it. Uh, it's his first dabble in like aliens, peaceful aliens come to Earth. It's, it's not very like alien heavy. It's like a more of a drama with aliens in the back. And it's, it's a pretty good film, but it's often overlooked when looking at Spielberg's like alien movies when you have E.T. That's what I was thinking of. It's still a pretty good film. So we don't have to spend much time on the 70s because obviously Cameron wasn't active. 
But yeah, Spielberg had some two pretty successful films in the 70s. It's Close Encounters of the Third Kind came out in 1977. So let's move to the 80s. So I don't think we should count this in the Spielberg wins category. Because the, the 70s? Yeah. That's fair. So the 80s, it's a tough one. I have three films to talk about for Cameron and five for Spielberg. All right, let's do them. Let's do them in chronological order. Okay. Spielberg, 1981. Raiders. Hot off of the success of Star Wars. George Lucas, Steven Spielberg go on vacation together, and they come up with the idea for Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Two of the greatest American cinematic minds of all time. Sit down, write the, write the script. George Lucas writes the script. He gives it to Spielberg to direct. Lucas Lucasfilms, production, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Probably the role that Harrison Ford wishes he was remembered for instead of Han Solo. Yeah. Um, what, three, three sequels plus another one coming out next year? Two sequels, a movie we don't talk about, and one coming out <laughs> next year. Uh, Spawn, probably, arguably, one of the top ten trilogies of all time. Spawned one of the worst Lego games ever. Uh, uh, but remember when you could get him at uh, Lego Star Wars A Complete Saga? No, because I never played The Complete Saga. Oh, that was pretty sick. You had a gun and a whip. That was pretty sick. Um, So, you, you can't really beat Raiders of the Lost Ark. When you're talking about action, comedy, just a classic film that everyone should, I hope, have seen. Unless you're my girlfriend, who's never seen it. I don't know if Emma's seen it either. It's definitely more of a, I hate to say gender movies, but it's definitely like, I think boys, like especially young boys, gravitate towards that movie a lot more than girls. I, I hope have... I don't get canceled for saying that. Uh, no, I think that's a, I think that's a very fair like assessment of of the Indiana Jones franchise as a whole. I will say that looking at Spielberg's next film, he had an incredible run in the 80s. No, no kidding. Next film we're going to look at 1983 ET. What and is- if you if you've listened to our favorite films of all time with our former co-host Nicholas, you will know that this is his favorite film of all time. If he was home right now, I would call him in here and get him to talk about it because he loves it so much, but he's not, so he can't. But go back and listen to the first ever episode of the podcast if you'd like to hear Nichols talk about it. I have to admit, I haven't seen it in years. I haven't seen it either, but I went on the E.T. ride last time I was in Universal like two or three years ago, and I, you know, I think that pretty much tells me everything I need to know about the film. I I do think E.T. represents like Spielberg's style of movies that he picks to direct just the the movies that aren't going to upset anyone. They're good to just sit and watch and you're you're going you're going to be entertained, you're going to enjoy it. Nothing's nothing's really going to challenge you the way you think like we know E.T.'s the good guy like yeah. We're going to root for him and Elliot. It's just like we know Indiana Jones are the good guys. Like it's just his filmmaking personified. Hey, I mean, if but you will, if you if you're like see. if you're incredibly xenophobic, ET might be the <laughs> bad guy. You know, so something to think about there. You know, there's I'm sure there's somebody that saw that film and was like, why the hell were they helping that little wrinkly feller? <laughs> he came into this country illegally. He was uh, an illegal right. immigrant. <laughs> um. But I will say, the 80s are the first time, we'll get to that in a second, when Spielberg does dabble in dr- more dramatic filmmaking. I think I know which one you're going to bring up. But 1984, let's switch over to James Cameron. Oh, okay. We have, not his first film, but maybe, I think his second or third film. Uh, it looks we like, have, based on IMDb, it's his second. We have The Terminator. Have you, do you, have you seen The Terminator? I watched it with my grandfather when I was 14, uh, and 
I have not seen it since. Not I haven't seen the first one since then. Well, this was the first R-rated film I've ever seen. I, I think, ever saw. I think same. And I saw my nine or ten. Um, yeah, my my mom was very open with me watching R-rated films as long as there wasn't a lot of sex in it. But it, it, it will always hold a special place in my heart. And I, while I do think that it's worse than the second film, but it, it's still a still a very very good science fiction film, and it it it's a good starting point to watch the James Cameron evolution of his science fiction works. Um, but it's it's pretty good. Not much to say about it. Cool practical effects. I think he uh, realized how to make a better film when his the second one comes out in 91 yeah 91 yeah um so switching back to spielberg 1984 we have temp indian jones temple of doom um i bet a slight slight decline from the first one i really don't understand all the hate that it gets I haven't seen it in years, so I didn't even know it was because hated. People just, oh, it's so much worse than the first one. Indiana Jones' character is so much, like, the character itself is, like, he doesn't act like he did in the first one. But it is a prequel. Did you know that? <laughs> Actually, I did not. <laughs> Temple of Doom is set, like, a year or two before the events of... Raiders? Raiders. Interesting. Um, also, I have to, one more time, shouting out... Everything, everywhere, all at once. Short round. Uh, K. Hung Kwan made his return oh, yeah. to acting in every, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Just go watch the movie. Um, so, uh, staying with Spielberg for 1985 and ni- 1986, we have The Color Purple and Empire of the Sun. We don't really need... They're not really relevant, as I said. They're more... <laughs> his first real dabbles at, I think... Obviously, I wasn't alive during 85. I think it's his first attempt at trying to get that director Oscar. I haven't seen um, either of these films. Uh, the I haven't seen Empire I'm... of the Sun. The isn't... Color Purple's okay. It's isn't dramatic. Oprah in The Color Purple? She could be. I think. I just think I remember some <laughs> fucking some meme where like, there's a clip and she just goes, purple, and then it cuts. That's the only thing I know about The Color Purple, so not much to say. Could be. Um... Next 1986, is... we move back to James Cameron with Aliens. And this movie is conflicting to me. Have you seen it? Uh, This is the second one, right? Yeah. Yes, I have. I watched it with my grandfather as well. Me and my grandfather <laughs> used, to, used to just hang out and watch movies when I'd go to their big, house. Big James Cameron fan, wasn't he? Just big sci- sci-fi fan. I mean, have you ever seen... Oh, what is that show? Actually, I gotta look it up now. Um... It's not Splitgate. That's the game. Oh gosh, it's not important. It's some <laughs> sci-fi TV show that was on like like the Science Channel or something, and it had like a movie, and it was like like def- it was like a discount Star Wars, Star Trek, Stargate. Oh uh, no, I haven't seen that. My mom used to watch Battlestar Galactica. That was a good science fiction show. Yeah, my grandfather was obsessed with Stargate, so I watched a ton of Stargate growing up. But yeah, I've watched Aliens when I was probably too young to watch it. I think I was even younger than when I last watched... What was the movie we were talking about before that? The Terminator? I think I watched Aliens when I was like probably 10 with him. And I think I was was kind of scared of it. Yeah. Um, See, Aliens, it's it's regarded as one of the best sequels of all time. And like, I understand why people like... Like, why, I guess not some people, why the producers and director, like, swapped out the tight corridors and the shallow lighting for, like, the muscular marines with machine guns. If the goal was to outsell and, like, outdo the original. Because the, in, in my humble opinion, I think the first one is the greatest science fiction horror film of all time. And in the top five science fiction films of all time so you can't really you can't really outdo that one so you 
I think that that Beck's next course of action would be to change the genre of the film into an action film. From what I remember and from what you've I've heard you talk about it, it's they kind of made the aliens go from like this you know apex predator that was this yeah. thing to be completely feared to just like bullet fodder. Yeah, which I mean the Marines are better equipped than Ripley was on was it I can't remember the name of the ship. Uh, yeah, you're, but you're she had a flamethrower. But yeah, it's definitely like I do prefer the one alien, no weapons, this thing will kill you as soon as it looks at you over the let's kill thousands at one time. But it's still a pretty good movie. I can't say that for the rest of the alien films, but <laughs> he they were not involved. Ridley Scott say, nor yeah. James Cameron were involved. Um, so staying, we'll say with James Cameron for 1989's The Abyss, which I do think it's, have you seen The Abyss? Let me see. Uh, no. I don't, no, I haven't seen it. It's. Does star our old friend Ed Harris, though. Yeah, Ed Harris. It's, I wouldn't say it's great. It's, I it is interesting to see that he keeps returning to like the ocean. Like he had like, I don't know. It's the first, like it's set in the ocean and they're trying to go like, they're like scuba divers looking for stuff and then aliens pop out at the end. So it's a, it's, it's a bit weird, but I think when you're looking at Titanic and now his new avatar movie, which is all about the ocean, on Pandora, it is very interesting to see that he keeps coming back to the ocean. He's uh he's obsessed, bro. He's obsessed. He's a tortured artist, bro. Honestly, it's you don't understand the the symbolism. He was a sailor in a former life. He's the son of Poseidon. Um. So our last film for Spielberg. That was our last film for Cameron. This is our last film for Spielberg. 1989's final Lord of the Rings, not Lord of the Rings, what the fuck am I talking about? Uh, Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade, final film in the original trilogy. I'd say it finishes on a, a higher note than the second one, but I don't think it could match the charm of the first one, even with Sean Connery as Indy's dad. It went a little off the walls at the end with the Holy Grail. Not the Holy Grail. Was it the Holy Grail? It is the Holy Grail. It is the Holy Grail. They fight. I forgot they fought Nazis in this film. Oh my god! I, I gotta bleep that. They're always they're always fighting the men oh, in red armbands. Because uh-huh. in the first one, the 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 man in red armband gets his face melted. Yeah, I need to right. watch the Indiana Jones films again to spend too long. Um, but all right, who wins? Who wins this decade? All right, to recap for Cameron, we got The Terminator, Aliens, and The Abyss. Spielberg, we have Raiders, E.T., Temple of Doom, The Color Purple, Empire Sun, Don't Matter. Forget I mentioned them. The Last Crusade. I'm going to hand this decade to Spielberg, I think. Me too. I said Spielberg wins in Game 7. I think it's close. I would agree. I think that I think The Terminator really carries the brunt force. Aliens is helping out. The Abyss is kind of just the center, maybe scoring four points a game. I think the Abyss was the collapse in game seven. Yeah, um, but Raiders, E.T. I think Raiders and E.T. carry. They're they're a tag team. They're LeBron and D-Wade. And we got the last crusade, Chris Botch. Making the difference. I do think it is a testament to Cameron that he was able to put up such a close fight with only three films. Yes, this will be a trend of... Spielberg making a lot of more films in a decade. And some of them are good. But Cameron says, all right, I'm going to make two films in 10 years. I'm going <laughs> to leave it there. So, all right. So Spielberg goes up 1-0. One, one, oh. I'll put up a, if I remember to end the edit, I'll put up a little scoreboard. <laughs> a little counter. Yeah. Um, move on to the 90s. The 90s. All right. The 90s babies. That's right. Only only one of these films that we will be talking about will we will have been born by. Yep, it looks like that. Yep. All right, we'll we'll get this one out of the way. 
Spielberg, 1991, directs Hook. This is the Peter Pan film. The Peter yeah, Pan film. Robin Williams. Robin Williams. You know what? Gotta do what you gotta do. Pay the bills sometimes. Hey, it's not a, a bad six, film. Got a six point on six point eight on IMDb. It's an it's an okay Peter Pan movie. All right, we'll we'll just move on. We don't we don't need to really consider that one. I just thought it was of note to put it up there. Cameron comes in at on nineteen ninety one, and maybe to this day, put out the best action film of all time in Terminator Two. T2, as they call it. I was about to say. This movie... This, this, is, started, this, is, this is what started it all. This is what started it all, baby. There's, This is the perfect TV movie, in my opinion. I could not agree more. If this movie is on television, you know I'm turning it on to just see what part they're at. <laughs> if, if not, spending the next 20, 30 minutes watching it before I have to get up. And if it's if they are if they are at the final car chase and he's about to get frozen in liquid nitrogen, I may stick around for the rest of the film. But oh, I I need to watch it again. I now might have to go home. I have it on the shelf right here. I'll have to find it online because my DVD it's, collection. It's on is HBO Netflix Max or HBO Max. It's on HBO those. Max. Um, but Let's see if Emma wants to watch. You can't... They should have stopped at T2. Couldn't agree more. Especially the atrocities that they committed in the most recent one. I haven't seen it. I had no desire. I, I watched it because they, they pulled me in. They said, oh, James Cameron came back to produce. And then they killed John Connor in the first five minutes of the movie in a flashback. <laughs> and I'm like, what's the point of... Of this, if we're gonna ditch John Connor, but anyway, you know, I love it. I think this is James Cameron's best film. But we'll move on to one of my favorite Spielberg films. The '90s were just a golden age for both of these directors, and most, most, I think the '90s we're gonna will be looked back on, and probably already is as probably the best decade for filmmaking in general. There's a lot of heavy hitters this decade for both of them. And then that's not even talking about all the Tarantino films that came out. Uh, we were just I, we were born in the wrong decade, Zach. You born in the wrong generation. Actually, we were born in the right time, so we can watch them all. Good point. We just could, didn't get to experience them at at the box office. At the box office. Although but, you know, I don't have to, I don't have to remember nine eleven. So you know, good with the bad. Oh my God. <laughs> but we in nineteen ninety three. Spielberg puts out Jurassic Park. One of the biggest, probably IPs in the world. Three, three, the original trilogy, and now there's the second trilogy is about to be completed this July. We don't, we don't need to talk about the second trilogy. That, that... Can't say I've seen further so, than the first Jurassic World. Same. But I would say Jurassic Park is one of my favorite films. Simple, simple message. Don't, don't make dinosaurs. Yeah, say. <laughs> but you could get into the corporate greed. That's that's not the message of the film. But no, just don't make dinosaurs. Don't make dinosaurs. Actually, you should probably. You should, but just do a better job of keeping them in you know in check. Yeah, make sure the you have the backup generators working. And if you want the message from the new trilogy, just don't go to the park. Is what it seems like is the new trilogy. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what the second and third one are about. Good, good but. Night. Jurassic Park, probably one of the best blockbusters of all time. I, you know what? It's hard to say if he can be out, if Cameron can come back. <laughs> but with that one, 93, just linger in there. We'll stay with him at 93 with Schindler's List. It's back not really. Hitters. I think as far as box office go, right? It's successful in the box office and it was. Like the color claimed. purple and Empire of the Sun were basically his warm-ups on the serious, like serious cinema, and he finally got his best director Oscar for it. I don't, I don't, I do not think that we should put this film into consideration because it it doesn't really fit the criteria of a box office film in the way I'm defining it today. Fair enough. 
but I think it is interesting that he was literally filming both of those films back to back. Quite a different, uh, two and very. I, I think it tones. really shooting. I can't I think it was like shooting Schindler's List, and then he would go write help with the script for Jurassic Park, and it was just like super taxing on him. But yeah. We'll go to James Cameron for True Lies in 1994. Haven't seen it. I just saw that it stars Arnold uh, Schwartz's slur last I name. would I would say this. If you're a True Lies fan, don't come at me. I'm going to say this is our first dud. Flop. Ooh. Dud. It may not have been a financial flop, but I think it's a dud. A fearless globe-trotting terrorist battling secret agent has his life turned upside down and he discovers his wife might be having an affair with a used car salesman? Yep, dud. Well, terror... I don't care. It just sounds like something that comes... Well, it sounds like something that would come out today, like as a Netflix exclusive, starring like Adam <laughs> Sandler. I don't care. But we'll move on. There's not much to say dud. You can put that... If you edit it, you can put dud i'll put dud in big block you like, can put you can put a dud counter on the screen i'll put it in in, in i don't know it's a a, a big font a, a strong font times new roman some some strong but the duds were not meant for james cameron apparently <laughs> because he comes back three years later 97 with titanic absolute hitter many many called this the best love story of all time I'm I'm not big into the romance movies, so I'm not going to comment on that. But just what it did for cinema in and of itself, pushing the computer technology to its limits, was it can't be understated how important that was for digital filmmaking. And it was once the highest grossing film of all time. I think it's what three? Is it still three? Let's look it up. Highest grossing films of all time. Top lifetime grosses. Box office mojo. It is number three behind Avengers yeah. Endgame. Somehow Avatar has, again... Ava they re-released Avatar. Oh my god. Just... And they're going to do it... They're releasing it again before the second one comes oh out. Oh my god. Look, this, this is just the Tetris effect. But... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say... I'm going to call it for James Cameron for this decade. Oh, even oh though, that was the decision. Sorry, I thought you were. I thought there was more to even that. Even though we st we still we still have two films for for Spielberg. We have Jurassic Park: The Lost World and Saving Private Ryan. Pretty pretty decent film. Not as not no not in the same ballpark as the first Jurassic Park. I I, I think people, I think people, think back on it and think of how bad the third one was, and then group the second one in with it. I think and, I would I would refer to the second one as good but forgettable yeah and it has been spawned in it so well never mind it's great but forgettable <laughs> and then saving private ryan i think honestly could be his most famous movie mm. maybe i don't know i just feel like so, so many teen boys love this movie i was not one of those teen boys i didn't see that movie till i was 20 really yeah also my parents um, didn't let me see it so that's why but I do think that this movie might only be remembered as fondly as it is because of the opening scene. The Normandy invasion. That's mm -hmm. just so, like, powerful. I think you ride the wave of that for the rest of the two-hour runtime or whatever. But I do think that his, his style of, like, easy watching meet, and this movie, like, meets the serious topic of World War II... And creates a very rewatchable war film, which isn't a very easy thing to do. Like it was on yesterday, and I was like, "No, I may, I may tune in a little bit. Just see, just see what we're doing." I think I have it in my DVD collection back here somewhere. I think you do too. I, I remember so. it yeah. at, at your old place. You put it on in the but, background on the PS3 for the rest of this. Nah, I won't do that. That'd be distracting. <laughs> Again, we got more Spielberg movies, but I, I, I I'm gonna go. I'm gonna vote Cameron for the '90s, purely on. <laughs> Terminator 2 and Titanic, the cultural significance of those two films alone, I think outweigh Jurassic Park is basically 
and Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan. We don't have to really count The Lost World or Hook if we're thinking about that. I'm going back and forth. I think I think if we're going to use the basketball analogy again, I think it's a Cameron buzzer beater in Game 7. Maybe even overtime buzzer beater. Yeah, I'll give him the walk-off. I'll give Cameron this decade. All right, we are on a grants. All right, this is this is where we may. I think we're going to disagree. We might disagree. Looking at looking at Cameron's two thousands run, I think we're going to disagree. Wait, potentially, I don't know. I may have just spoiled my decision already. All right, we need. We might. We're going to run through some of these. It's just let's Real, just we're, we're, speed run. We're just we're going to speed run the Spielberg Minority Report. Dud. I haven't seen it. Catch me if you can. I uh, this. Inter- Entertaining Oscar bait. Uh, as uh, this film holds a special place in my heart, this is like the first movie, one of the like, not first movies. I'm being hyperbolic. This was a movie that me and my dad sat down to watch one day, and like I could tell he really enjoyed it. And so for me, like, my dad's a pretty even kill person, and he's a pretty you know calm, cool, collected. Doesn't like show his emotions a lot unless we're talking about you know specific things like Georgia football or or you know that's another that's a whole other rabbit hole <laughs> go dogs uh so for me to like kind of get to witness this little moment of of what's the word i'm looking for sensitivity passion, passion you know something that kind of see him almost with like this childlike wonderment about a film so catch me if you can holds a very special place in my heart i like it a lot and it's probably mostly nostalgia but mm-hmm. i'm gonna the the next i think the next spielberg film also is very similar to this the terminal Oh, never mind. I was talking about War of the Worlds. I didn't know if we talked no. about the Terminal. I've never seen it. We got Terminal. Interesting true story. Oscar bait. Tom Hanks. Move on. Yeah, I've never we seen got it. War War of the Worlds. Dud. This is where we disagree. I I I take go, this movie for what it is. Go, go rewatch that movie. I take this movie. movie for what it is. I know. I know. It's it's kind of. It's not trying to be campy. It's trying to be serious. It's I, a dud. I enjoy it. I know it's not also, trying, but why are we remaking War of the Worlds? I don't are know we why we had to remake. Oh, like the, that oh, was the, a remake. Oh, the, yeah, I see. Yeah, I you know. And then we come to an end of the three thousands for Cameron. I can't see in two thousand eight with about. Kingdom of, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. No, I don't even talk about it. This this kind of ruins the entire decade for me. I will just tell a little personal anecdote about that film. <laughs> Go for it. The whole family. No me, way. My dad, my sister, and my mom. We all went we all went to the film in the theaters. And then we get out, we're walking back to the car. I remember it was a hot summer day, but it was six, seven o'clock, the sun setting. So it's that it's that uh it's that real like passionate heat, mid-July probably. And I just remember I said, That movie sucked. And I was and I said that movie just was horrible. What did I just watch? And I was 10. Even I knew at 10 years old that that movie was horrific. Horrific. Zach, do you believe that we live in a simulation? Is this the movie where the simulation glitched a little bit into something that wasn't supposed to happen? I had almost the exact same experience with this film. <laughs> I went and saw it in the summer with my entire family. We walked out. My dad was like, that was a waste of forty bucks, and I All was right. like, "I was like, I didn't really understand why they were aliens. I didn't get it." <laughs> I was like, "What? I, what, the, what theater did you go see that at?" Uh, actually, it wasn't uh, Beechwood. I think I think we were at the lake. I think we were like at. Oh, uh, I was about to say, was it the one on the east side of Athens? No, I think we were at the lake. That's where was... I and we we never went to that theater either. That would have been crazy. <laughs> that would have been absolutely insane. But no, yeah, I think I was in like. Wherever Lake Sinclair is, uh, okay. Gwinnett or Gainesville or whatever it is, I don't even know. What a horrific return to Indiana Jones! If you didn't, if you didn't know, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is an Indiana Jones four. It's terrible. It's it's uh, there's nothing much to say about it. If you want to see some, like a good representation of what that film is, watch the South Park episode about it. <laughs> I think that's the best way to describe it. All right. So now we're switching to James Cameron. I'm going to be it's, honest with you. I've only seen one of these films in the 
2010s. We're only talking about one of them because it's the only non-documentary that came out. Then we should be good. Avatar 2009. Yep. It should be noted that this is the last film that he's directed. The highest grossing film of all time. Avatar 2 comes out this December. And it actually looks pretty stunning. It does look very beautiful. Actually, Zach got me to watch the trailer right before we started recording. And I was I was a little awestruck about how pretty this, this film is. And if you've listened to the podcast before, if you're a friend in my personal life, I have dogged, I have ragged, I have criticized this film to no end for years. I feel a walk back coming. I'm not walking back on the plot okay. because it doesn't do it for me. It's basic. It's not new. I for as, as fresh as this film was supposed to be, the first of its kind, the plot really lets it down. I can, I can completely but agree with that. This film pushed the limit of digital filmmaking to a level that it had never seen and to this date still hasn't seen again in 2009 to the point where James Cameron and I forget his name created an entirely new form of digital cameras to film the movie. It's two cameras on top of each other and they film and it creates like a 3D image. It's two cameras filming at once. And people have bought and it's been used since then and they created their own camera for this film it's a technical masterpiece and i if if everything is to go on for the sequel the second is going to be just as technologically groundbreaking and for that reason alone cameron wins the 2000s i knew i knew we were going to disagree and, and i'll <laughs> tell you why we're going to disagree I've watched Avatar one time, and I will never watch it again, and I'll explain why. I'll go into an, a personal anecdote of my own, if you will. Do you hate Sam Whitworth? No, the honestly. Direct, the, the star? No, I don't. I, I, thought, I thought he was pretty good. Uh, he's a voice actor in Call of Duty, I'm pretty sure. I think yep, he, he I plays think, Mason. Yeah, I think I, I actually, so he's in my, my favorite game, Modern Warfare 2. So I, I like him a lot. I think he's awesome. I think this movie's probably good if i rewatched it but i'll tell you why i won't rewatch it i didn't see this movie or this film in theaters when this came out 2009 i was 11 2009. i was 11 12 years old whenever i don't know it came to dvd is what i'm getting at my father saw this in theaters bought the dvd and said all right son we're gonna sit down in your room we're gonna put this on your little tiny crt tv and we're gonna watch this together and i said we don't do a lot of things together i would love that so we sit down, and I think my dad had watched this already a few nights before, so he was still pretty fresh in his mind. And we're watching the film, we're, we're enjoying it, and then it gets to the scene where the, the, the hair sex scene. Yes, 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 yes. Infamous. Again, I was 11, 12 years old. And, uh... <laughs> uh my father is not a very... We didn't have a sex talk, we didn't have any of these kind of, you know, birds and bees talk. He basically was like, you know what sex is? I was like, yeah, and that was it. My father is extremely, extremely awkward when it comes to sex and stuff like that and topics like that. So we're sitting there watching it. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if you can hear Rosie going absolutely apeshit in the background. We're watching the film, and it gets to the sex scene, and he's like, oh, yeah, the avatars kind of kiss kind of weird, huh? And I was like, I know they're fucking, Dad. And then we both sat there in silence. I don't know how long that is into the movie. I'm sure there's probably 30, 45 minutes left. We didn't talk for the rest of the film. He said, we, at the end of the film, he got up and said, pretty good, right? I said, uh-huh. And he walked out of my room. <laughs> I didn't talk to him for the rest of the day. I still look at my dad kind of weird after that. So for that reason, <laughs> for that reason, Spielberg wins the, 2010, the 2000s for me. Interesting. Interesting. Can't, can't do it. So I've been I was I was scarred. I was I was traumatized by this film. So by the Avatar. 2010s. 
We'll move on. All right. We'll just we'll just speed round it because James Cameron has nothing to offer us. Yeah, I was in, about to say I was looking. Entire decade of the 2010s. We'll just the, we have Avatar bag. We have the Adventures of Tintin, War Horse, Lincoln, Bridge of Spies, the BFG, the Post, and Ready Player One. I think this is. I a would tie. say this none is, of kids a tie. None of these films. I think we should take a point away from Spielberg. Yeah, I could do. I could. I can. I can. I can get with that. Honestly, all the of these post, films kind of suck. Fine. The Bridge of Spies. They're Oscar bait. Lincoln's Oscar bait. War Horse Oscar bait. The BFG is just a kids movie. Ready Player One was a hot pile of dog shit. Yeah, I think everything so, you said there was completely true. Maybe we should even give a point to James Cameron for not doing anything, for having for restra- for having the restraint to not pick up one of these films. Uh, point counterpoint. I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he released, re-released in Avatar and Titanic a bunch of times, which personally I think is kind of whack. Therefore, I think that's him doing it. Also, probably, probably true. That's almost probably the studio. studio. Now that I said that out loud, yeah, I realize. <laughs> um, I don't know if I can go as far as to give him. I know. Uh, I'm just. I I know. I what my notes say Spielberg wins by default, but now that I'm looking at these, none of these films are worthy to give him a point. That's why I said I think we should just leave it as a tie. I think neither of these, ne- neither of these oh. directors won this decade. The 2020s. Spielberg only has West Side Story under his belt. Can't still baffled as to why we had to remake this film. Of all the films we're remaking, we had to do that one. Um, and the lead actor has been canceled. So the lead actor has. And, and so Elgort got canceled a while ago. Oh, I don't know. He was the lead in this. That's crazy. Um, and then we have James Cameron. Avatar Two comes out this December. We shall see what happens. I'm assuming it's going to be. A box office smash. What the hell is the Fablemans? Oh, it's the it's Spielberg like autobiography. Yeah. All right. So this may be. So we have. Let's see. So we have the seventies are going to Spielberg. I think we said that it didn't count because Cameron had no films. All right. So zero zero. We have the eighties. Spielberg edged it spielberg as one yep we have cameron the 90s yep i have you know what for the sake of this podcast let's give i'm gonna give spielberg the 70s purely because he directed jaws fair enough i I can get behind that and then we have cameron i have cameron winning the 2000s fair enough and then nobody gets the 2010s. Nobody gets 2010s or 2030, 2020s, 2010s, 2020s. Fair enough. So the last thing we could be tied. I know you don't agree. You may have. Ca- I have Spielberg, Spielberg at- edging him two to one because I'm not giving. I don't. I wouldn't even give right. Spielberg the 70s. I'm just going to give him the 20. So the 2000s. Let's just for the sake of this, let's say they're tied. Uh, that's fair. I've got clickbait. Let's do I've it. I've got a. I've got a list of films that both directors personalities authors have produced but not directed okay and i'll give you a list of the highlights okay for for spielberg we'll start with just spielberg read them all off all right you've got poltergeist gremlins the goonies back to the future back to the future part two and three who framed roger rabbit twister men in black men in black 2 the mask of zorro the mark of zorro Jurassic Park 3, Transformers and all the sequels, The Lovely Bones, True Grit, Super 8, Jurassic World, and all and all the sequels. And for James Cameron, we only have Point Break, Solaris, Alita, Battle Angel, Terminator, Dark Fate, and a plethora of documentaries. Yep, this seems like it's going to be a pretty <laughs> clear sweep for Spielberg on the producer side. I will say that purely because of what Spielberg has offered beyond his directing prowess, what scripts he has brought to life by producing, executive producing, producing, he will leave a larger cultural impact 
on society when they both these men are no longer walking the earth. I don't think I could have said it better myself. I don't have anything else to add, really. <laughs> uh, I think Who Framed Roger Rabbit is criminally underrated and one of the best. He He's producing the sequel that's supposed to be coming out this year. I have literally no hopes for that film. I think sequels this far past the, the prime of a film are never good. So, Also, f- fact on that, people, the early reviews for Top Gun Maverick are saying that it might be the best sequel of all time. I'm still not convinced that it's a joke. That yeah. that is not a joke. Hold on, let me read you a tweet that I saw today. Look, I mean, you've seen the the, the memes that have gone on with Morbius. I mean, people are saying it's about the memes about it being the best film of all time. It sold, uh, you know, hundred trillion tickets. So I I can't take anything serious anymore. Some guy named David Elrich. He's a verified Twitter user, chief film critic of IndieWire. He's got the credentials. Okay. He said Top Gun Maverick is a much, much better film than Top Gun. I'm not talking the difference between Paddington 2 and Paddington 1. <laughs> I'm talking the difference between Paddington 2 and Morbius. <laughs> All, right. All right. I don't even know right. what that means. That's, that's so unpack. I am a Top Gun hater. I think that it is exploitive military propaganda. Have you seen the, the conspiracy theories has, that like Chris Pratt and John Krasinski are uh, government plants? To pr- to, like, I'm not kidding. There's like a whole thing on TikTok. Well, that's beside the point. Sorry, go ahead. Finish your spiel. That it, you can look at the records of what Navy enlistees directly correlates with the release of that film for like what 1994, 1990. When did that movie come out? Top Gun. Uh. 1986. Dang. May 24th, so I, 2022 is what Google says. Oh, is crazy. I was talking about Top I know, Gun. I know. I looked point. up. I googled. I literally googled Top Gun release date, and it came up as Maverick. That's some awesome SEO. I gotta say, Top Gun Maverick. So, my girlfriend really loves Top Gun. It's her favorite movie. I will definitely be seeing it, but I am just flabbergasted by the reviews that this movie is already getting. The parade. I have not said a single negative thing about it yet. I'm gonna. Which I'm is, gonna. Which is allow me, if you will, to put on my tinfoil hat. Uh, I think all these reviews have been paid for by Scientology. So, you know. But I'm not. The way, I don't know that. Jo- that tweet almost seemed like a joke. I'm. I think the Morbius but, inclusion might might be like a nod to the meme of Morbius. So I'm. 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 I'm still not but, even remotely hopeful but if it was a joke memory. why are so many people in on it that are qualified people that they review films for their job uh mass hysteria i don't know mass hysteria but you know what i think that this was a tough battle a tough yeah, fight for, yeah, uh, yeah. for cameron versus spielberg yeah, I think if if Spielberg didn't have so many, you know, producer credits on such That's bangers, highly esteemed films, such highly esteemed films, and Transformers, <laughs> uh, and every single sequel that's been released, released, I'm talking yeah. every single one. Yeah, I think it'd be a lot closer at the end, personally. But I think these these producer credits just kind of. Just they kinda... definitely edge him over the edge of like yeah okay i think he's definitely more culturally significant i'm not james cameron still still a great director i agree I apologize for everything i've ever said to you oh never mind i forgot I, I not true steven spielberg is an uncredited executive producer on shrek so i saw that he wins he by wins a landslide again. that's crazy wins by landslide why do we even do this episode <laughs> but you know what? I, I, I think these are some these are fun to do. Wait. So, wait. Wait. Take it back. He's Hold. an executive producer on Balto, and that is almost guaranteed to be the 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 catalyst for furries. Uh oh. So I'm not sure if I can immediately 
I can immediately might, say, hey. Have to take this to the judges. Yeah, this might be up to the audience. Maybe you want to leave a comment on the YouTube video or, or a review to tell us how dumb we are and how much better that James Cameron is than, than Steven Spielberg and, and why Balto is actually sexy or whatever. Uh, and why, what's her name, Jessica Rabbit from Who Framed Roger Rabbit is what gave you a sexual awakening. I know it did for me, so... Uh-oh. Oh, whoopsies. All right, so now that we've figured out who's who's top dog, who's king, what's what's in store for our next episode? Are we doing... Do you want to do another one like this? Another style you know where what? we compare? You pick. You pick. It's, it's your turn. Ooh, okay. Uh, I was not prepared for this at all. That's show business, be, baby. I could be super lame and say, oh, let's talk about Scott Pilgrim again, but I think I want to go in a bit more of a general direction, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. I think I stated last episode, it's been a while, it's been, what, four months? I don't remember exactly what I said. I don't remember what I said yesterday. Uh, I think I stated that Scott Pilgrim is one of, if not the best, video game movie. Uh, so I think it would be a lot of fun to go over popular video video game movies and kind of, I don't know, necessarily rank them. Just try to find the definitive best video game movie. I, I think, think I know the answer. It's going to be Sonic. I haven't seen it, so... But can you call Scott Pilgrim a video game movie when it was a comic book first? I think it's one of those. I think it's it's it has the spirit of a video game, so I would yes. call it a video game movie. Well, okay. Also, you're forgetting about the Mario Brothers movie with the shrunken headed, weird looking yes. Goombas, uh, and that yes. that's up there for me. Yes, yes. Ready Player One's at the bottom. I think fucking this is gonna be a hot take. I think I've seen a lot of love for Free Guy. From people that, that I movies, res- that movie's hor- horrible. From, I've seen the fucking horrible. hot takes. I've seen these takes from people that I respect in the gaming industry. People that are are are, are streamers that I enjoy, gamers that I, I I've watched for years, and they're like, I thought Free Guy was really good. I thought it really really highlighted ga- you know gamers. Oh my! God. I'm not even gonna get into it. There's so much wrong with that movie. As far like it, it was not written by people who know video games. It was written by video game adjacents, and it's. <clears throat> atrocious as a true gamer as a, i'm not gonna get into the stupid meme of being an oppressed group i hate that i think it's really problematic but as a gamer uh i think it is just terrible and it's just it's 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 a i don't know i i'm i'm, I'm at a loss for words for how bad that movie was did you ever uh, get to see the batman no uh the closest, closest thing i've seen to it is my favorite sketch group on tiktok making a spoof of it mm. uh so I know that something, you know, the fucking Nirvana song. You're my cut out because you were going so hard. Yeah, I was just singing the Nirvana song. Anyway. Um, I got a recommendation for everybody. Let's hear it. It, Barry season three just came out. Okay. And it is uh, Marvel as always. So if you're not watching Barry on HBO, what are you doing? I've heard so many good things. Uh, and I, I finally got around, and I got around to watching Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I've heard somebody that I, I was about to say somebody that I really respect said it's one of the greatest films ever made. I was in every shot of that film. I was in awe. Definitely go watch the original first because I was a little confused because I hadn't seen the original in a couple years, and especially since there's ninety five thousand cuts of that movie. But yeah, any recommendations for you? I know you said you haven't had a lot of time to watch anything. Uh, I think the only thing me and Emma have been watching is Longmire, which I can't really recommend it. We're on season five, and they've taken the character and fucking twisted him into what was originally just this lovable old man that was kind of morally gray to a fucking sociopathic, selfish asshole that is hard to root for in any capacity. So if you would have asked me... It's this cop. It's essentially just like a kind of. It's like a episodic cop show uh, that has a continuing story as the seasons progress. Mm-hmm. And it kind of. It's it's this weird. It's in this weird territory where like, you know, some episodes he's solving this one murder, but also in the background these things are happening. And then the next episode is completely dedicated to these things happening. So it it has some really really big problems with like pacing and keeping you interested 
I I was really enjoying it up to the end of season four, and then his character took a massive shift, and I've had a hard time watching it. Season five, there's six seasons. Season one is okay. Two and three are really good. Four is it on? Why did it? Where did it air? Uh, it aired on TV, and then Netflix picked it up to finish it off. Hmm. That sounds like a Fox show to me. Uh, I think it was like AMC, maybe. Hmm. Interesting. A and E. No, it was A and E. Interesting. Never heard of it. It's all right. Yeah, those are our, those are our recs, and we'll come back into you next week with video game movies. Thank you guys for watching. Subscribe Wait. if you. Oh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, mm-hmm. the Close Screening Podcast. That's right. We're on uh, the TikTok. Close... We're on TikTok now. The Close, the close Screening Podcast, or just the Close Screening? Just the Close Screening. You're the tech wizard. Yes, I, I try. And then you can subscribe to us. Or follow us anywhere podcasts are found. Right. At The Closed Screening. Follow us on Twitter at The Closed Screening. Uh, do we have an Instagram? I don't think we do. No, I Maybe don't. Oh, we can. I don't like Instagram, so I don't know how good I'd be at posting it. I don't post anything on my own Instagram. Uh, um, that's about it for us. Follow us. Comment. Follow us on TikTok and comment, share, subscribe. Thank you guys and for we'll, watching. We'll catch you next week. See ya.